Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. Okay. Welcome everybody to the podcast today. I am super excited to have this guest today. She and I have done some work together in the past and she does really cool things in the world and has a really cool story and I don't know all of it. So I'm excited to share and welcome Sarah Stanizai. Yay. Hi, David. <laughs> I'm excited to tell it to you. Sweet. So let's let's start with just like a, a quick, like, here's who I am. Here's what I do now. And then let's go back to like how you got to that point. Sure. Here's who I am. Uh, my name is Sarah Stanisai. I'm a licensed therapist and a professional coach. Um, I run a group therapy practice called Prospect Therapy based here in Long Beach. We focus on the queer and trans communities um, and the immigrant and first gen communities, um, which led me to coaching specifically other Afghan American diaspora women, um, which is a big part of my story. And so, yeah. Awesome. Excited to tell you about all of it. Cool. So, so let's go back. Is your um, I'm trying to remember exactly, but are your your parents first generation immigrants? Yes. Um, okay. So, yeah. So both of my parents were born in Afghanistan, and my sister and I were born here uh, in a, in Los Angeles. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what was it like? I mean, growing up <laughs> mm -hmm. in, in that world in that environment. Um, it was great. First of all, I always rep my hometown. I love Los Angeles. I know we get a lot of flack from people, but they just don't know. <laughs> um, so I love where I grew up. Um, I had really loving, supportive parents. Um, in many ways, a very typical refugee story. Um, they came in 1979, 1980, um, escaping war. Uh, they really emphasized education and hard work. They did everything they could to support their growing family. Um, so they, you know, I still have a great relationship with my dad. Um, but the thing that a lot of people don't know is that, you know, immigrants and especially children of immigrants grow up kind of between two worlds and we end up being different people out in the world, even at a young age. There's a lot of xenophobia. There's a lot of not fitting in. Um, so I grew up with some anxiety, depression, trauma, a lot of mental health stuff that my family didn't really have the language or skills for. Um, mm. You know, and a lot of kids just kind of, as we grow up, we grapple with the limitations of our parents as human beings. And that right. has all become a lot more clear to me in my work. Um, so, yeah, I would say there was a really strong sense of, some people call it identity crisis. I just kind of refer to it as this duality of I didn't fit in quite at home. My parents didn't have a full context for what I was growing up in. Um, and I didn't really quite fit in out at school or with my peers either. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. And do you think that I've noticed um, I have a lot more empathy for my parents now that mm-hmm. I'm this age and have kids? Do you feel like you too have felt like, oh, okay, like they were doing the best with what they could? Absolutely. And I have more than empathy. I have a lot of respect because my dad, as he's gotten older, he has gotten even more he's always been pretty progressive, but he's just gotten even more empathetic toward me and really challenged himself to understand me as an adult person. So um, any limitations that he had, I don't even feel like he has them anymore. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. Kept yeah. Growing. So cool. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So you're, you, you're kind of growing up in this, this duality and mm-hmm. feeling like you don't fit in anywhere. How was this like a long time? And like, you know, what was the unraveling of that? Yeah, it's definitely a process. Or as everybody likes to say, it's definitely a journey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is though. Um, right. And I think there's just layers to this. So every adolescent wants to fit in. You know, every adolescent feels like an outsider at some point. So by no means do I think I'm the only one who had that. But there's all these extra layers on top of that. Like I said, I did have... Um, you know, mental health issues. I did experience abuse. I did get bullied and teased by my classmates. So there's that. There's also English was not my first language. Um, so that was part of it. There was also, um, I was raised Muslim, which LA is quite diverse, but a lot of my peers had never met a Muslim person. They had definitely, this, if you can imagine, I grew up at a time when nobody had even heard of Afghanistan. Mm. um so yeah Ooh, yeah that's really interesting right because it was yeah that long ago yeah so now it's like oh of course okay yeah sorry, now it's like now it's like of course and like oh i'm so sorry which is not yeah. great <laughs> so, right <laughs> yeah it kind of like overnight went from like never heard of it to either i'm so sorry for you or stay away from my family and I'm only exaggerating right. a little bit. So all of that really contributed to me not really having a really secure sense of who I was. And I tried very hard to fit in. I tried really hard to rebel. And, you know, it's it's puberty. It's young adulthood. You're, you're kind of figuring yourself out. And I guess I would say it wasn't until... You know, I kept going from group to group and I was like, these are my people. And it's true. It was always people who were sort of marginalized or not the center of, you know, things weren't built for us. So I've, you know, I'm a queer person. I, of course, I hung out with all the queer kids growing up. Um, But it really, I, I really tried to figure all of this stuff out. And I went to therapy for a long time. You know, as I grew up, I had a really difficult conversations with my family and my loved ones. And it wasn't until I faced this last thing, um, which was my heritage, that I, all the pieces kind of fell into place. And I realized what I had been doing was I really turned my back on my own culture because I thought I needed to in order to you know, fit in or be successful because that's what everybody told me. Hmm. Okay. So, 
at, at what, what, how old were you when you, when you re- had this realization? Um, I was probably 34 years old. 34. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So had, had you already started your practice before this? Yeah. So I what, how, always yeah. known that I wanted to work with, um, immigrants, children of immigrants, work with the queer and trans communities, the people who kind of felt left out of the conversation. Um, and I think, so I started my practice in 2018, um, after 10 years of okay. working in nonprofits and corporate healthcare um, as a therapist. And so I knew finally, when I started my own practice, I knew exactly who I wanted to focus on. Um, and I think over the years, I kind of inched closer and closer to my own people and I would run groups for, um, you know, first gen Americans. I did research. I really focused my work there. And one time somebody asked me, it was another coach of mine who said, um, you know, why don't you do this for Afghan American women? And I was like, what, why would, that was like the most obvious thing. And I was like, why would you ask me that? That's, why would I do that? <laughs> um, and I, it dawned on me that I had gotten so many negative messages about who these people, my people were, and I had started to internalize them. And not only that, so, you know, I figured people didn't want to hear about it. And not only that, it was also from within my own community because I'm queer, because I wasn't super religious, because I, you know, I'm not fluent in the language because I have tattoo, whatever it was. I was also sort of shut out of my own community. So I just kind of felt like, well, this isn't for me. I don't have a right to do this. Um, and the moment I just said, yes, I do, my personal life changed and my professional life changed like drastically mm, I love it was, that. it was right in front of me the whole time yeah mm-hmm. man that's so cool so do you feel like it was <clears throat> it just created internal alignment basically yeah and i just want to say for people who are listening that this is like it's it's not an accident if you feel disconnected from something and you know it's i can talk about it now and say wow it was in front of me this whole time like smack my head oh my gosh but right. it really wasn't visible to me and i didn't think i had a right to it and i think a lot of people especially entrepreneurs have that imposter syndrome have that feeling like well i'm not a business owner that's like that's like a that those are capital letters i'm not officially a business owner i just want to run my business and it's like once you give yourself permission to claim whatever part of your identity feels most natural to you, even if it sounds weird, if it feels unfamiliar, if people aren't expecting you to do it, you know in your gut what feels right for you. So once you claim it, things really, really change. And that's what happened for me. Mm, That's so cool. Awesome. So do you, um, in speaking of like becoming an entrepreneur and starting this practice, was that something that you ever had in your mind as like in high school, when you're thinking about what you want to do or college and like moving forward, or did that come later on? Uh, That came much later on. So when you grow up 
um, with refugee parents who have multiple advanced degrees and just work their way up in their fields, um, entrepreneurship isn't the admirable, uh, like aspirational <clears throat> job for a kid. You know, the classic joke is doctor, lawyer, engineer. Right. Um, but the important part of those is you are working for a, you're working for someone else. It's a secure job. It's a stable job. And hopefully you make a lot of money. So entrepreneurship is seen as risky, a little bit selfish, very unstable, um, which it is all of those things. Um, <laughs> but it's not aspirational. And so that was not ever presented to me. That wasn't encouraged, really. It wasn't even an issue. Um, and truly, when I did start my own business, it was, like most people, it was a side hustle. It was, let me just see if I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so... It wasn't until, you know, it wasn't until I started to get the hang of it, which I still haven't, but until I learned <laughs> anything is sort of intimidating when you don't have any mastery or any skills. And as I just educated myself and learned from really good coaches and classes and all of that, it became more and more an option. I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. And eventually now it's the only option. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says like, I can't go back. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm always curious. And, and so to me, it sounds like your childhood and kind of everything that you went through, like perfectly positioned you to do this work for all of, all of these people that you're helping. Yeah. I still remember one thing you and I said, you said to me when we were working together, when you were coaching me and I was like, ugh. I don't know, like, does anybody want to hear about this from me? What do I know? And you're like, Sarah, you are literally the most qualified person on the planet to do this work. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. And I still remember that. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh. So I don't think it traditionally positioned me. It just kind of naturally, I think the you can't go wrong if you're just basing your work in truth and honesty. Yeah. I tell people don't worry about trying to be the first or the best or the biggest. Just worry about being the most honest mm. because the deeper you go with your own truth, the less anybody can copy you or do it the same way as you. So that yeah. will always help you. Yeah, for sure. And and there's nobody, I mean, we're all unique. And so we can help people in mm -hmm. unique ways, even if they're doing the same thing. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a great point because of that imposter syndrome. Like, oh, well, why should I even do this? Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially because there are other people um, in my community um, and, you know, they're doing similar things, but they're not, they're doing it in their own way. And a lot of it's, it's not for everyone, just like I'm not for everyone. So I think it, even if there are other people doing what you do, that's even more reason for you to do it because not everyone is just going to go to, like, that's the only option. So people want another option. People want the person who like <laughs> who swears a lot and is like maybe too casual or whatever. I don't know how yeah. people <laughs> describe myself, but you know, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, in someone fact, that they really resonate and connect with. Yeah, if there's someone else doing it, that's just more urgency for you to do it too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when did... I'm, I'm interested in this like idea of belief because you had to create a lot of belief to get mm -hmm. to where you are now. Mm -hmm. And this like juxtaposition of, okay, I didn't fit in at all back then. I was jumping around trying to figure this out and to now say like, I still don't totally fit in, but I'm cool with that. And I own that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that, and that also makes me unique. So mm -hmm. how did you get to like that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I compare it to, I was like banging on all these doors, trying to get a seat at the table and trying to fit into these places. And I tell people now, if you have to work that hard, you, you don't fit in there. Mm. And we think that that's our only option. And I say, don't try to get invited to their party. Just throw your own party. Mm. And that's kind of what happened to me. I was like, oh, yeah, why would I? I can do that. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to slowly make the details, make my little invitations, get the decorations, get the food, and just take each step at a time. And if people want to show up, they will. And because I was not trying to perform for anybody or, you know, embellish things. I was really, really just saying, hey, this is my story. This is the work that I love to do. This is who I want to talk to. Because I think I was being so honest, the right people were like, oh, yes, I do want to come to this party. And I, I think it dawned on me later that that's what I was doing. Um, mm. I just remind people, like I said, if, if you are not feeling welcomed and celebrated, even included in some of these places, like you forget that there's another option. You can, you can do your own thing. Mm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And so much good stuff in here. We, we could talk for forever, but let's, <laughs> let's make a little shift to so your business. So you have this awesome practice um, mm -hmm. and it has, but it hasn't come without challenges and bumps. Mm -hmm. And so part of my goal with this podcast is just to share some things that you have learned along the way mm -hmm. that we can impart on other people. So what are one or two challenges that you have faced mm -hmm. that you've walked through the other side? Definitely, definitely challenging, but I think if you don't have challenges, you're not growing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the main ones um, has been, like I already talked about, has been my mindset and kind of just giving myself permission to walk the walk until I really felt like this is who I was. Mm -hmm. um, I don't discount your intuition and if there's something that you haven't been able to let go of and you really want to do it, give yourself the permission to do it. Um, and for a lot of people that's starting a business and running it exactly the way that you want. Um, so I think kind of assuming that identity and giving myself permission to do that and changing my mindset to how whatever beliefs people have about business owners or um, corporations or people who have money you know, people who have a lot of money are just people. Yeah. It's what you do with that money and how you get that money. Um, 
that defines who you are. So having money in your bank account, it doesn't make you an evil person. And people very much, especially in the helping professions, often feel like, oh, I have to sacrifice and suffer and I can't charge people for this. So that was a journey that I went through. Um, and I love, you know, hiring people that I respect and sharing, you know, everybody who's coming to my retreat are all my friends and I get to pay them all money so that they're not just like doing me a favor. Um, yeah. That has been one of them. And the other challenge has really been um, finding people who share my vision. Um, hiring right now, I think in every field is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has always been difficult for me because I'm so protective of what I do and I have such a specific vision. Um, and I really had to learn that, you know, quantity doesn't really make you more successful. It's Mm. much better to have a smaller team, smaller support network, if those people are truly aligned with you. Um, And I fell into that trap of just like growing, 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 because, you know, my practice has been very successful. You know, we have the capacity to hire people. Um, But I learned, and I'm glad that I learned it early on that, um, you know, I can't be for everyone. Um, And sometimes even now, you know, my colleagues will say like, oh, wow, you grew so much. Like, tell me how you hired people. Like, um, if you can share anything. And one, I always refer them to a coach, a business coach. Um, But two, (laughs) I will ask them, I'll say, well, why do you want to to grow? And they'll say, "Um, I really want to mentor people or I want to help other um, therapists and I'll say then just go volunteer and go teach and go help someone just mentor them you don't have to bring them into your business yeah because it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah go speak on a panel and give all your advice away like that's I do that now too it's great yeah and, and I I want them to get honest about why they are really doing it because I had to get honest um and sometimes they'll just tell me like well, I just want to make more money. And I'm like, okay, just make sure they know that before you bring them on, um, just out of respect. So I think the two main challenges have been figuring out my mindset and getting clear on that. And also um, that causes me to have to bear, to get very clear on what I'm sharing with people so that the right people kind of join me and I have the best people ever. Nice. So nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> um, I think that's a really just important discussion to talk about like the, okay, yeah, what what do we really want? And like, what, what do you want for your lifestyle too? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you could just keep growing and adding people, but then that's just like more and more responsibility and stress potentially, not necessarily, mm-hmm. but could be. And so for you to have the, you know, to take a step back and be like, okay, well, wait a second here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do I really want that? Or do I want it to be like this? And, you yeah, know, I, th- I found myself in that position that people describe a lot, which is like, you are working for your business. Your business is not working for you. Mm-hmm. And every time you have these cringy tasks on your list, you're like, well, why did I paint myself into this corner? Now I'm just working it's not what I wanted to do. Now I just feel like I have to do this stuff. And so it really made me reevaluate. Cool. I love it. 
Awesome. Okay. So then what would, what would you say are like one or two of like your things that you're most proud of for your business? Oh my gosh. I have to pick one or two. Or you can pick a few, whatever. True story. <laughs> true story. Two days ago, I emailed my team about, um, okay, this is kind of nerdy, but we're now offering retirement savings benefit with an employer match. Oh man. So I'm helping these people save yeah. for their future, which is a very grown up flex that I'm very excited for. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I guess that's very specific, but more broadly, I think what I'm very proud of is that, um, you know, if we're going to play the game of me being an employer and me supporting you know, more households than just my own household that I'm going to do it in a way that is, you know, as supportive as I can. And I am going to, you know, give lots of benefits and make it a really great place to work. And people don't care about pizza parties. They care about if they yeah. can live and if they have can see their future. Um, so that's what I use to guide my decisions. Um, the other thing I'm really proud of is that after all of the really difficult um, issues that I went through, um, you know, just with personnel, with like, I considered even closing my business. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So many times um, I'm really, really proud that um, we're still here and that I don't hate what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing and it didn't get the best of me. And I'm really excited and motivated for the future. Um, so business-wise, that's something I'm really proud of. And just, I love my work. I'm proud of all of my clients and I'm very proud that um, I had this dream of running these Afghan women's retreats and I'm running my first one and it's not killing me. It's really fun and full of ease and and people are joining very easily. It's not like you know, I didn't max out my credit cards trying to make this happen. It just, I really, I'm so proud of how it's coming together. And it's like a dream. So awesome. I'm really happy about that. Oh, I love it. Well, that's like a perfect place to wrap it up right there. Yay. <laughs> sharing your wins. <laughs> um, okay. Awesome. Well, where can people find out more information about you? People can follow me on Instagram at prospect therapy. And they can also go to my website, prospecttherapy.com. Okay, awesome. And is that there's information for your retreats on there as well, I'm assuming? 100%, yeah. Cool, I love it. Okay, great. So um, if you were to leave the listeners with one piece of, one last piece of wisdom, because I know you have lots, what would that be? Oh, man. One last piece of wisdom. It would be, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. Put you on the spot. I know, right? <laughs> it's okay. Just edit this part out. Yeah. <laughs> edit the 17 and a half minutes of me thinking. <laughs> I think what I really want people to know, other entrepreneurs and other business owners is, If other people are doing it, 
that's just proof that you can do it too. Mm. Like, don't be intimidated. Don't feel locked out of some secret world that you're just like not good enough. That just, you have every right to do it. And in many cases, you have a responsibility to do it for yourself and for your family. Mm. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're amazing. I appreciate you and uh, have an awesome rest of your day. Yay. Back at you. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.